Oh, amen. Praise God. How many are ready for the word? Amen, 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 amen. This is the, the last sermon in our series, Band of Brothers. So, uh, so let's get into this and let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for our, thank you for the community of the saints. Thank you for all of us being together as we are in your name. So bless this word as it goes forth in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. And all the saints say amen. amen. We've been talking about a war of words and, and how that what we say is how we fight our battle. The, what we confess, and it's not just about some positive confession, you know, I'm not trying, it's not about psychology. It's about repeating what is said in heaven. And you can't help but be victorious when you repeat what's being said in heaven, what's being said over you and what's being said over others in heaven. When you repeat that, how many believe there's victory in that? Amen. Because Jesus is seated at the throne, and we are seated with him in heavenly places. So what we say really does make a difference. But this morning I want to talk about Band of Brothers because it's not just about us. It's not just about us speaking over uh, ourselves, and it's not just about, you know, what's going on in your head. How many, how many know there's self-talk? They, they say it's okay, you know, it's okay if you talk to yourself. It's just weird when you, when you answer back. Then it's, you know, I don't know about that. But there's all that self-talk that goes on in our head that determines a lot of who we are and how we act and how we feel. Amen. And we need to understand that, Romans 12, right, that we need to be transformed in our mind. But listen, Band of Brothers, Psalms 23 says, and this, this, this has caught me, and I hope it's catching you, that he prepares, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And not, not just people now, I'm talking about in the presence of sickness, in the presence of depression, in the presence of doubts and fears, in the presence of opposition, whatever it may be, in the presence of death. He prepares a table for us. There's a banquet going on in the middle of what's of coming against us. But there's something powerful that we need to end this series with, and that is we need to start doing this together. That this table is not table for one. It's table for us all. And we're going to do this together. And we're going through it together. The devil wants you to think that no one loves you, no one cares about you, and you're just going to go eat your can of worms. But we are in this together. We are a band of brothers. Soldiers in the foxhole will always tell you that in the middle of the fight, when the bullets are whistling by your ear, you're not really fighting for country. You're probably fighting for your brother in the foxhole. 
We fight for each other. When you're, when you're in the battle, you can't always see the big picture. But you know you're being fired upon, and that means your brother and your sister's being fired upon, and we need to come together in the name of the Lord and start speaking encouragement to each other, loving on each other, leading each other. Oh, come on, somebody help me in this place. We are a band of brothers. 1 Timothy chapter 4, he begins to talk about this. And uh, beginning in verse 6, verse 7, you will teach the believers these things. You will be known as a faithful and good minister of Jesus, the anointed one. Nurture others, wow, in the living words of nurture. Cause them to grow. Come on. In the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace. We sang all about grace this morning. Which you were taught. Come on, I taught you now nurture others. Be, be quick to abstain from senseless traditions. Pastor, we've always done it that way. Those words have killed more churches. And legends. You know, some people are a legend in their own mind. But instead, say instead. But instead, be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. We need to be involved in the training of truth. Oh, come on. Next verse. Instruct and teach the people. All that I've taught you, we are a band of brothers. Verse 16, give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth you teach. For living what you preach will then release even more abundant life inside you and to all those who listen to you. Do you understand? Some of you, I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel like I'm not growing. I'm not advancing. I'm not getting victory. It's time to start sharing what you do have, and that will take you to the next level. It's helping others that gets you to where you got to go. Drop the mic. Let's just go home. Everybody got it. Everybody got it. If you got it, say amen. This is so powerful. The battle we are in requires us to teach and nurture others. Ephesians 4.29, we keep bringing this up. Let no corrupt word. There, there are things you say that corrupt. I, I'm not, by the word corrupt, I don't mean evil. I mean corrupt like, like rusting away, damaging, bringing down corrupting, changing the very nature, okay? So here's this, corrupt, corrupt, corrupt word, proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it might impart whatever you say, it's doing something. It's either corrupting someone or something, or it's imparting, say, I love to impart. It's imparting grace to the who? To the hearers. One word, our words will either build people up or corrupt them. Listen to this definition. 
of corruption. Any growth, habit, influence, or agency tending to injure, deteriorate, or impair the mind, character, abilities, usefulness, etc. That's the kind of words we need to stop doing and start finding words that build up because we are in the foxhole together. Amen. Oh, Jesus. You don't want to be in a foxhole alone. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses, verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with what? Godliness. He is proud and just plain ignorant. I'm sorry, that was the Philippi translation. Knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments. You ever get around something like that? All they want to do is argue. All they want to do, they want to have a debate all the time. I, I, listen, I'm not called to debate anybody. I'm called to love them. <laughs> you want to debate, go find a debater. <laughs> and arguments over words from which comes envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions. See, and aren't we living in a time where that's all that's going on? Hello, any news channel you want to listen to? I'm to the point where I don't, I don't know if I want to watch news. And, 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 and I don't care if it's left wing or right wing. It's all on a wing. I, I'm Lord, oh, because it, it's so t- it's all fake news, in a way, because they just they just want to talk to controversy, they and chaos, and that's a way that's a way that generates money. They're not they're not giving you news. They just want to sell advertising. All right, I'm off my soapbox. I'm literally stepping off it. Useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. <gasps> From such withdraw yourself. Jesus, help us. Come on, just keep flipping those up. There are more, yeah. But you, O oh man of God, flee these things and pursue. Flee and pursue. Flee that, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Uh huh. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many other people in their foxhole. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Are you getting me? Oh, Timothy. Guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings of contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Wow. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Last words of First Timothy. I, I, like the, I like the words. He says it's either... I think we have them on the screen. It's either, in that verse I gave you, it's either fight, there's things to fight, and there are things to flee. So it's fight or flight. Some things you need to just say, I'm out of here. And some things you need to put the boxing gloves on. 
So it's fight or flight. And then he, t- and then he says, we need to have righteousness and godliness. And, and, he, and, he, and he, then he, you know, he has these two things put together. And then it's faith and love. And then finally, it's perseverance and gentleness. Perseverance and gentleness. I like that because what, what he's saying with perseverance is we need to learn how to endure. And then gentleness, you know what that is? We need to learn how to put up with. Sometimes the guy in the foxhole, listen, you don't have any choice who's in the foxhole. Hello? I know you want to run with your buddies, but when the war is on, whoever happens to jump in the foxhole with you, that's your buddy. How many know in the church, sometimes you just have to learn how to put up with? You have to learn how to be gentle. You have to put up with, and you have to persevere. We always think perseverance is about the devil. Sometimes it's about our fellow church member. All right, moving on. Oh, Jesus, I'm in so much trouble. So, so Paul breaks this down. Let, let's, I'm not going to preach through 2 Timothy, but I am going to preach a little bit. Same Paul, same Timothy. Is that okay? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to this. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. Listen, Paul says, I'm remembering you. When you break that down into Greek, what it's saying is, I'm building a memorial. One thing you got to understand about prayer, prayer is not isolated with other prayer. And he says, he says Timothy... I've actually built a memorial of prayer concerning you. I've built walls around you. I've built, I've built towers where you could see from. I, I've, 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 I've built gates and doors that you can open or close. He said, I did that all by praying with, praying about you day and night. Isn't that powerful? Day and night, I've been praying for you. Reminds me of Cornelius. Remember that? He said, Cornelius, you didn't realize it, but all the prayers you've been sending up have created a memorial in heaven. Think, think temple. Think church. He said, I, I've, I've built. Listen, we need to start not just randomly praying for people, but your family especially. You, oh, come on, parents. Come on, moms and dads. We have built memorials around our kids. Fortresses. Hedges. All the, I call it a prayer structure. I know, I know this, this is new to you, but you need to ask yourself, in the history of my prayer life over somebody, what does that history look like? What memorial have I built around this person that I love so dearly? Good question? Yeah, three amens, amen. Therefore, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh And the things that you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be also to teach, will be able to teach others also. Pass it on to people, not just, and, and, and pay special attention because some people know how to pass on what you give them. He said, especially find people 
Because it's not, so, it's not just important that we teach and disciple, but that we teach and disciple the next generation so that they will pass on. Listen, this, this young and we talk about the millennials, but you know what? The next generation Z is graduating college now. That's after the millennials. My God, what's Z going to look like? Then we run out of the alphabet. I guess Jesus comes after Z. I don't know. Maybe they'll start over with A. Uh, but but the, the, the A, whatever that next generation, they're, they're already in preschool. They're already born. I, I see all these babies in the church. We are blessed to have babies in the church. So some people, if you're in your 60s, you're the youth group. That's bad if you're the youth group in your 60s. <laughs> Listen, every time I hear a baby cry, people say, does that bother you, Pastor? No. You know what? In fact, the Holy Ghost just reminded me this morning. Whenever I hear a baby cry in church, that's the cry of the next generation. <laughs> it fires me up. Yeah, they're here. They're going to be taught. They're going to be grounded. They're coming out. Oh, God. Well, after I'm, after I'm long dead and gone, after you're long dead and gone, those babies will be running the church, God, God willing. Amen. We need to love on them and encourage them, and we need to speak their language and figure out how to win them. Amen. Let's quit sitting around saying, well, they know where we're at. Oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Jesus said, go. He didn't say stand around till they come. Oh, Jesus. Don't mess with my church. I like my seat, and I don't want anyone to take my seat. I'm so thankful we don't have anybody like that. Amen? Okay, I was just checking. Right, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Now, I've got to wrap this up. Amen. Verse 13. Hold fast the pattern of sound words. There's a pattern of sound words. I, I hope after 37 years, 4,000 sermons, never repeated one in this church, I hope we've established a pattern of sound words that have formed you, nurtured you, equipped you, helped you discover your purpose, and sent you into the mission field. Come on, amen. Pattern of sound words which you've heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, kept by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Aren't you glad you don't have to keep it? The Holy Spirit will keep it. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Sealed for freshness. You'll get it later. This you know, that all those in Asia, that's Turkey, have turned away from me. You know, we pastors, we get upset when one person turns his back on us. Paul says, all of Asia turned their back. I mean, apparently a lot of people have turned against Paul. We think, oh, if I just had Paul as my pastor, I don't know. He's got a jail record, you know. I... And every time he preaches, riots break out. You sure you want him as your... 
All those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom, then he names two guys. Uh, you, know, it, you know, it's really rare to get your name in Scripture. It's kind of bad when it's for this reason. Next verse. I won't even mention their names. The Lord grant mercy. Say mercy. Oh, Jesus. The Lord grant mercy. To the household of Anisphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously, and he found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day, capital D. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus, which is where Timothy is at. Let me just close with this. This guy, he didn't know where Paul was locked up in Rome. But apparently he looked all through the city. This is a city now, population almost a million. And he looked all over. He said, I'm not going to quit till I find Paul. He's in prison somewhere. I don't know if anyone's ministering to him. Apparently, even the church in Rome didn't know where the emperor had locked him up. But this guy says, he's my buddy in the foxhole, and I'm going to find him. Paul says, oh, God, this, this encouraged me. Paul said, a lot of people have stabbed me in the back, and they've left me, and they're trying to twist my words. But this guy This guy came to find me, and he looked until he did. God, help us to quit ignoring people that are hurting because we don't know what to say or what to do. You don't have to know what to say or do. It's just about being in the foxhole so he doesn't have to be alone. And it doesn't matter what he did. This guy may have, you know, He's visiting a convict. <laughs> Paul's in prison. By the way, in that prison, he didn't have a TV set. No air conditioning or heating. No three meals a day unless you caught a rat or three. No bathroom facilities. Are you getting the picture here? He finds Paul. And Paul says, I keep getting letters of people stabbing me in the back and leaving. But then he came. Church, you, you just don't know how just one kind word, how just one, one, one statement of support, how I'm praying for you and, and, you, and you know they are. You don't know how much that means to me and how much that means to other people. When you give them a hug and let them know, I'm going I'm to pray for you this week. I'm holding you up this week. I'm, I'm going to stand by you. You've been going through it. I don't know what it is. I don't need to know what it is. I'm here if you want to talk about it. But I just want you to know I'm in the foxhole with you. Those words have power. Those prayers build memorials and walls of defense around people. It's time we as a church... You know, Western culture, we're so individualistic. You know, we just look out for number one. 
and it works against the gospel. And it's time we have more of an Eastern mindset where we worship around the table. It's time to worship around the table. It's time to understand it's not a table for one. Did you hear what I said? It's not a table for one. It's not just you sitting there with your little napkin and your fork and your... You ever go to one of these restaurants where you, they got these tables that seat about eight or ten people, and, and whoever comes in, that's who you sit with? Like those Japanese things where they throw knives at you? And, 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 and you're sitting at a table with strangers? Come on. Sometimes you sit at the table with a stranger, but we're all there for the same purpose. We're all there to eat, and it's the Lord's table. If the Lord is head of the table, I don't really care who else I'm sitting with. How about you? And yet we get weird about that. We just want to be around people like us. You're going to have problems in heaven. I said, you're going to have problems in heaven. I'm still wondering. I think we're going to have to have some seminars on how to get along in heaven. First thing, you're going to see the face of Jesus. He's going to say, go to room 101. You have to have a seminar. Because we're not going to have this fighting in heaven. Hello? And thank God we don't have it here. The only thing we have in common, really, when you think about it, is Jesus. And that's why we have to stay in a spirit of revival. We need to keep the water level high. we got to keep the presence. It's all about the presence and the glory of God. If we lose that, if the water, get this illustration, if the water level starts going down, all we're going to see is everybody's mess. We're going to start looking at each other instead of enjoying the river. I don't know about you, but I have a few faults. Oh, you didn't have to amen at that strong. Amen. Strongest amen of the day. Lord, I'm offended now. Fight your own battle in your fox over. <laughs> I don't even know what they are, so maybe you can tell me after church. Because now I have faults, you have faults, but if we keep our eye on Jesus, all that just kind of gets lost in the wash. You just throw all those dirty clothes in the wash, and they just come out clean. Whew. But when there's no water, when there's no presence, when there's no Holy Ghost. We're just fighting that battle all alone. And we start looking at everyone's faults. And I'm not saying that because we have a problem. We don't have a problem here this morning. I'm not. You, you understand what I'm saying? This is, this is called preventative maintenance. <laughs> because if we keep loving each other, I'm not saying ignore or just pretend like there's not sin around us or faults or shortcomings. It's okay to be aware of it, but to be aware of it is, doesn't give us the right to judge. It just, it just gives us an opportunity to cover. 
Anybody with me? Remember Noah's son, sons? Remember the son that uncovered his father? Be careful who you led in your tent. He said, they that are spiritual need to correct others. And the other two sons took a blanket. They wouldn't even look on Noah's nakedness. It wasn't right for him to get drunk. I don't blame him, though. If I had to shovel that stuff for a year, I'd, I might be cussing, too. I don't know. But they back. I said I had faults. So they back up. They won't even look at it. And they cover him. Love covers. I'm not talking about a cover-up. I'm talking about covering people until they get their mind back. Giving people an opportunity to get right instead of making it worse with gossip and judging. Folks, the same devil fighting, shooting at me is shooting at you. It's time to get in the foxhole together and stand in the name of the Lord. No enemy can defeat us. This is how I fight my battles. I get around the table of the Lord and we worship together. And we worship together. We are a band of brothers. I love, not every military has this. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to land the plane. I really am. But in the United States military, there's that thing about we never leave a man behind. And we'll risk other people's lives to save theirs. We might risk eight or nine people to save one. Logic says that's, that's crazy. Let the guy go. Well, now we have a mindset. We're not going to leave anybody behind. Church, I wish we would. That's what Jesus meant about leaving the 99. He said, we're not leaving anyone. I've got 99 sheep. I could be happy with that. But I've got one that, that I can't find. He's in a bush somewhere caught, and there's a wolf looking for him. I'm here to tell you it's time to go after the one. Stand to your feet. That might help me quit. Play louder. That might help me. Oh, the Lord's in the house.